Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein. And Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a, another great episode for you. Uh, we'll, of course, touch on some NFL, but uh, first and foremost, got to talk baseball playoffs. The World Series is set, and just like everyone expected, it is the Texas Rangers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, you know, of course, everyone thought that both those teams would go on the road and win um, win two must-win games, uh, six and seven, both of them. Um, but let's start on the NL side. Uh, the Diamondbacks um, go into the World Series. Uh, they were 100-1 to one, uh, as uh, late as September um, to, to, to win the World Series. Uh, of course, as we've talked about, um, they got that last wild card spot that probably should have, could have uh, gone to the Cubs um, and uh, got some interesting sales to talk about. Um, so last week we talked about this $50 three-leg parlay um, that included uh, two winners. Uh, and then the third leg was Diamondbacks to win the World Series that had 90 to 1 odds on it. Um, it sold for 175 in June, resold for 100 in August, of course, because, um, you know, they were looking like they may miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after Arizona tied up the series 2-2 uh, in the NLCS, um, this ticket had a market value of $2,000. So the person who bought the ticket for a hundred in, in August could have sold it for 2000, uh, when it was tied to two, uh, I wrote that down obviously because, um, you know, Phillies then took the lead three, two, the value plummeted. Uh, and so I wouldn't say plummeted, but the customer did not sell, uh, when it was worth 2000, but he did sell after Phillies won game five. So Phillies have a 3-2 lead going back to Philadelphia, and then that's when uh, this customer decided to sell. And I remember we were talking last week about will he or won't won't he? So he did, uh, but he may or may not have left some money on the table. He sold the ticket for $725. So, you know, still a, a nice, a nice profit there. He turned a hundred dollar purchase into, into 725. Um, and then if the ticket wins, it will collect $11,875. The current market value of that ticket is now $4,950. So, um, will be interesting to see if, if that person will, will flip it again. But, um, you know, what would, you know, in that situation, you know, given the fact that Diamondbacks went down 2-0, tied it up 2-2, lost game five. I mean, um, you know, what would you suggest sellers do in just like kind of a back and forth series like this? Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to game four in Phoenix. I mean, whether you're attending the game in person or not, to me, the Phillies were the far superior team. Just it seemed like their offense was just more lively than, than the D-backs bats were pitching and, and probably have a pitching edge too. I, I thought the Phillies did going into the series. So I honestly, if I was holding on to that ticket, I would have sold multiple times throughout the series. Um, probably most notably. Yeah. After you, you kind of stole one in game four 
in Phoenix. They came back after the Phillies just exploded in like the fifth inning, and then D-backs had a crazy eighth inning. Um, so to me, after that point, you know, um, uh, and it's if they go on to win game five, and that's that's when he sells the ticket. Like I probably would have sold after game four. Again, it's we're twenty twenty hindsight twenty twenty here, but. Yeah, I just there were multiple exit opportunities for me. I just I just think Philly's a better team. Yeah, uh, and and for the record, I I th- I did not think in any way that fi- I I thought Philly for sure was going to win Game Six, and then Andor for sure going to win Game Seven. I mean, I saw him as high as some books had him as high as minus nine hundred to win the series uh, when it was three two. Um, so I I do not fault this customer. I do not fault the seller for mm-hmm. like saying to himself, look, it's, they're down three two. I can make a, a still a good chunk of change on this ticket. Uh, I think almost everyone, except you know maybe the diehard fans, were were expecting um, were expecting Phillies to to win one of those two games, uh, six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the flip side, though, um, we had a customer who purchased a Phillies World Series ticket on Prop Swap in late August for fifty five dollars, uh, with a collect amount of one thousand two hundred and sixty five dollars. After the Phillies won Game Five. Uh, this customer resold his ticket for $575. So on the flip side, we, we had another customer who got in for 55 and then when it was 3-2 and the entire world was was on the Phillies to win that series, he sold it for 50, he sold it for 575. So uh, that's a great um, yeah, he's, he's smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, and so those were odds of plus 120 for the buyer. Um, so just to give you some idea as to where the where the Phillies stood in the in the World Series rankings there um, for for a moment, right? I mean, um, especially after Texas won, um, you know, game. It's after Texas won Game Six. Um, you know, the Phillies were, were were the favorite there for for a little bit. So um, great, you know, five hundred dollar profit off a fifty five dollar uh, purchase, um, and now that. Uh, the ticket is, is garbage. So um, tons of activity. Uh, and then just obviously, as I've mentioned, we've got a ton of big D-backs tickets uh, in our system. I mean, we've got one ticket that's, uh, I just, I posted on Twitter, uh, 100 bucks uh, at 101 odds. That is a market value of $4,200. And then there's another giant one um, that uh, the customer bet $350 at 80 to one odds. Uh, so collect amount of, of a little over 28 G's. Um, we'll see, uh, we'll see if that gets posted for sale. Um, but tons of activity and that's just on the NL side. Let's move over to the, uh, the American league side. <clears throat> um, the Rangers Astro series, the, <clears throat> the second, uh, postseason series ever where the road team won all seven games. The last time and the only other time all, that happened. Four. No, the road team won all oh, seven oh, games. I follow. Yeah. Wow. It's the second it. postseason series. You know, so um yeah, that's the road crazy. team won all seven games. Uh the la- the only other time that happened also involved the Astros. Um mm. it was the Astros Nationals World Series in twenty nineteen. Um so kind of ironic that it's happened twice in the history of baseball yeah. and the Astros were involved in both and lost both. Yeah, little nuance because they're playing in the same state. You know, it doesn't happen too often. Um, but yeah, it's been the, you know the Astros were complaining. I heard on 
like a rod and Jeter were talking about the Astros were complaining how they're not seeing the ball well in their own stadium. It's like, okay. Like that sounds like a you problem. Like we're sorry to hear that, but yeah, I, I don't. And after they've been to seven straight ALCSs, like I don't, why is the seventh one the time we're going to start complaining about being unable to see the ball? Well, and the Rangers have to deal with the exact same thing. Like what's the difference? Right. And you know, the last team that should be complaining about uh, having yeah. a disadvantage in Houston uh, yeah. know, or at home should be that team. Um, but we won't get into that, that scandal. Um, and then the Rangers lost 102 games in 2021. Uh, they were the fifth team ever to reach the World Series within two years of losing 100 games. Uh, and now there's a sixth team to add to that list, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So again wild that we're going to have two teams playing each other that two years ago um lost a uh, hundred plus games um just add, added to the prop swap hall of fame of these teams being triple digits and getting to the championship just well attack another you know, one on. uh as i'm thinking a lot you know we, we've talked about on this podcast uh there was just just a string of teams that were triple digits made it to the championship and then lost um but now that's, you know, we're, that's not going to happen because we're guaranteed. I guess the Rangers never really were triple digits, but uh, we're guaranteed to get a team here. That was, that was a long shot. So, um, yeah, I, I think you could have found the Rangers at a hundred to one. I, I think at, at some point in time, you could have found them at a hundred. Um, not saying a ton of tickets are printed at that number, but yeah, I, if, if anyone out there has a triple digit uh, Rangers ticket, yeah, tweet at us or, or or even better yet, list it for sale. I, I have not seen <laughs> the highest I think I've seen on a ticket for the Rangers is 50 to one. Um, okay. But um, but yeah, but regardless, still a long shot. And now we can't even say, oh, uh, a long shot's going to get to the championship and lose because they're both long shots. So yeah, someone's um, winning. Yeah, someone's winning. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, to your point yet again, uh, another another long shot is going to uh, at least reach the, uh, the finals. Um, here are a couple uh, interesting sales Rangers there uh, back in May, a customer bet $122 at 40 to one on the Rangers to win the world series uh, in early August. Uh, that customer sold it on Prospa for $500. So turned a 122, $122 bet into 500 uh, with the Rangers up to zero in the ALCS, uh, the customer who bought it for 500 resold it for 2250. Um, and then when the Rangers then lost three in a row, the value dropped to 588. Um, again, just another topsy turvy thing. Um, I don't believe the person who paid 2250 for it, uh, has relisted or resold it yet. But, um, again, um, nice, uh, Nice flip for the guy who who paid five hundred and then flipped it for twenty two fifty, and now the guy who paid twenty two fifty um, can win about twenty seven hundred um, profit if if the Rangers go on to win. Um, and then another uh, Rangers ticket, very similar to the story we talked about last week with the Dodgers uh, customer who. Bet the Dodgers before the D-back series. They lost game one. He sold it for a, a loss, and then the, the D-backs, or sorry, the Dodgers ended up obviously losing that series. Similar mm -hmm. story, although different result. 
uh, we had a customer, um, when the Rangers were up 2-0, uh, a customer bet $3,000 on Texas to win the ALCS uh, to, to win 750. And then prior to game seven, the customer sold it on prop swap for 1750. Uh, so, mm. uh, obviously he took a $2,000 loss on that and then it ended up winning. Uh, and so the buyer, the buyer got odds of plus plus one fourteen uh, compared to, um, the Rangers were like plus one Oh five or plus one ten at sports books, uh, heading into game seven. So the buyer there, um, made a nice $2,000, uh, profit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Th- sorry. The seller lost, what would that be? Uh, 1250, the seller lost, mm-hmm. um, and the buyer made $2,000 on that, on that ticket. So, yep. um, any, uh, any takeaways or thoughts from, uh, from that ALCS? <laughs> Um, I thought they were way more live than the D backs. I thought the Rangers were way more of a live dog than the D backs were. So, um, you know, that's a little, I probably wouldn't have sold it going into game seven. Like I was like this team after certainly after winning game six, like this, this Adolis Garcia guy is just playing out of his brain. Like I have never this guy was cut basically from the Cardinals. They like traded him to, they put him on, they put him in double a, and then they traded him for cash, which like basically means you're a scrub. And he's, you know, gotten that huge, uh, you know, he, he hit the home run in game, uh, four and, uh, Dusty Baker goes nuts. Cause they, they pegged him and, you know, um, uh, and the the pitcher gets thrown out. It's a whole story back and forth with the Dulles, but like this guy is just playing out of his mind. Of course, wins ALCS MVP. So I just feel like when a guy in your team is that hot, and of course Corey Seager and other guys need to help him, but when a guy is that hot, like just don't bet against that. The Astros just looked like from a aesthetics perspective, they just looked like the worst team. And of course, the Dod- uh, the Rangers went up two zero to start the series. So when the Rangers are hot like that, to me, like I wouldn't have sold that bet. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, and again, hindsight 2020, but, uh, the, the, there was a clip after, uh, after that game four, you're talking about where the catcher Martin Maldonado, who, you know, uh, Adolfo Garcia was getting into with him. He goes like the worst thing he could have done was wake up the Astros. And then like, mm-hmm. since then, you know, um, uh, Gar- uh, Garcia went on to hit like five or six home runs and just absolutely crushed the Astros. The reason why I kind of liked the Astros in game seven was uh, because of the starters. So Christian Javier, um, I I don't have the stat right in front of me, but I mean, he had like through four starts, he had like the lowest opponent batting average in like the history of, of, of postseason ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I, I kind of thought that, you know, he would, he would carry the team. Christian Javier's uh, box score line from from Game Seven: a third of an inning, four hits, three earned runs, uh, and uh, and give up a home run. So um, crazy, you know. I I did not handicap that one well, but I that that's that start. You know, uh, Javier was why I liked the Astros in Game Seven. And um, but yeah, to your point, the Astros uh, or sorry, the the Rangers were just you know super hot and 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 clearly Garcia used all of that you know, um, anger, uh, towards the, uh, the Houston pitchers. So, um, we, we talk about this all the time. You know, we talked about it with, um, 
you know, the heat last year and the golden Knights and the Panthers, like getting hot is just, just weird phenomenon that happens in the postseason, And it's really tough to explain, but confidence increases, accuracy increases for pitchers. You're just seeing the ball better and watching it hit off your bat and, and the baseball example. And it's, it's, it just adds such a layer to sports betting, you know, like you can be, you can dice up the box score and like the talent on each side of the, the baseball team. But when teams get hot, it just like defies all logic. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But the, the, the crazy thing though, is that you'd think if you lose three straight games at home, like in a lot of cases I've seen where that just completely deflates the team. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, props to the Rangers for not letting that get to them and, and, and just, and kind of, and bouncing back. But um, you mean, you want to talk about, you know, being getting hot or being cold, you'd think losing three, three straight at home would, uh, would, would kill any sort of momentum you, uh, yeah. you have, but, um, there Bruce you have it. Bo- That's- Bruce Bochy, one of the best managers of all time. Just put him yeah, right in the Yeah, this is his third thing. team. He's, he's going to brought to the world series. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so matchup is set diamondbacks versus Rangers. Um, we will get to, uh, our picks, uh, for who's going to win, who we think is going to win uh, in, in stake or swap. But before we do that, I uh, thought we'd talk a little NFL Week 7 recap. Um, just some of the stuff I've written down. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, such an incredibly fun team to watch. You know, they light up a bunch of these teams he played. However, um, when, you know, yet again, now this is the second time where they have lost to what I would consider to be a good team, right? A solid team, right? So first it was the Bills. Uh, now it's the Eagles. Now, granted, both of those losses were on the road. Um, but is the fact that the Dolphins, you know, is this going to be a team where they beat up on the bad teams but can't really hang with the good teams? I mean, we everyone knows in this podcast, I've kind of adopted the Eagles. So... I'm a little bit biased here, but like to me, that team has always been the best team in the NFL. I have arguments about them versus the Niners and a bunch of different betting group chats I'm in. So like, I'm not ready to hop off the Dolphins. They just ran into a wagon and, uh, you know, when you have the the Eagles are just loaded everywhere. And I, I would actually say my takeaway, I knew that the Eagles offense was really good, but like their defense really played well against the Dolphins like they they shut down a Tyree kill to a connection and and the first drive of the game like they didn't do anything like Tyree killed did whatever he wanted to and I think even the second drive too and then after that that Eagles secondary just really shut Tyree kill down which is an almost impossible task I think um uh Tariko or someone said on the broadcast like when the when the Patriots were trying to emulate Tyree kill they put Tyreek Hill four yards past the line of scrimmage to simulate how fast he is because he just gets that much, you know, can get behind you so quickly. And it's it's a really difficult thing to do. So to me, no, I, I'm I still think the Dolphins are for real. They just ran into the best team in the league. Yeah, the uh that that, that Georgia defense is uh is pretty good, huh? Yeah. Um yeah. uh and then Another note on the Eagles: the Eagles were were once again four for four on uh, on this tush push uh, play on on Sunday night. Since last season, they are now forty one for forty four on sneaks when needing one yard for a first down. Uh, the next closest teams over that span 
are the Bills and the Bears with 11 conversions. So uh, 30 less than than the Eagles since the start of last season. Um, we all know that you're that uh, you're close to to to, to Gabe, uh, who's the, the trainer for Lane Johnson and, and, and close with Lane Johnson. I, I'm curious if you've spoken to Gabe about this tush push thing, because um, a, I mean, it's I love the fact that other teams are trying to run it, but they can't uh, and B, um, you know, I do think it's gonna be one of those things where it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. And I think someone <clears throat> players may have may have gotten hurt on, on another team, the Giants, maybe. Um, but uh, any any are there any thoughts coming out of uh, the O line room on this play? Uh, I mean, you, there's the famous quote of Sirianni after the game where he's like, "If everybody could do it, then everybody would do it." Like that's that's Sirianni's response. And look, like Gay, it's certainly Lane's response. Like if you're on the O line, we've talked about the Eagles O line at length. Like when you're that talented, yeah, you can do plays like that, and it's unstoppable because everyone's an absolute monster, and like you have two Hall of Famers. Jordan Mailata is the largest. Jordan Mailata's left tackle. Jordan Mailata is the largest human being in the NFL. He's six eight, like three seventy five. So when you have him plus Kelsey plus Lane Johnson, like yeah, I would say an offensive line versus a defensive line play, like it's probably going to come up Eagles. Um, but I think there is some internal understanding that this will probably be the last season that they're able to to call this play. But I'm I'm not worried about the injury risk. I don't. There's so many more dangerous plays in the NFL. Yeah, um, you're, you're saying like with a rule change, you think the yeah. NFL is going to put a rule yeah. change in? Yeah. Um, it it kind of reminds me of there was a period of time where uh, Brady and the Patriots would would like on the goal line they would they would run the sneak where he would like put it he would stick his hands yeah. up across the goal line just to break the plane. Um, still, you know, they haven't changed the rules about that, but I think defense has caught on and like they started mm-hmm. like looking for that and then like what trying to bat the ball yeah. out of their hands and because because other players have tried to do that and and failed miserably um so it kind of reminds me of that and you know as there's a saying um defensive coordinators get paid money too right so like i'm sure you know even if there isn't a rule change uh d coordinators will be spending the summer trying to figure out ways to to stop this so um i do think that's probably a smart thing uh for the eagles to realize that this this does have a shelf life yeah i mean it's it's literally first and nine every time like you're you're getting a yard because you know that you can convert that fourth down every time it's like you're starting every every set of downs on a shorter conversion so it's but again to me like other teams are trying this why are we going to punish the eagles just because they're really good at it like other teams are trying to do this quarterback sneak and they just don't have the have the a offensive line or b a quarterback that can squat 600 I've, I've asked Gabe about the whole 600 pound squat thing like that's actually BS like he doesn't squat 600 pounds but he's a monster and doesn't leave the gym and like doesn't party and he is so so business focused apparently him and AJ I don't know if you watched the post game him and AJ Brown were talking about the salmon that AJ Brown eats at Jalen out of Jalen Hurts' fridge <laughs> uh, Jalen wants like shrimp and like all a bunch of different fish and AJ Brown only will eat salmon <laughs> um but uh you know, I think when you have a quarterback that that big and that strong, plus a really talented offensive line, like I, I don't think it's an unfair play. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe it's just Jalen squats more than every other quarterback. Yeah. Um, and then uh, moving on, um, you know, we talk about the Bears when they lose, so I thought we we got to talk about the Bears uh, when they won. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling everyone last week that would listen, I was like. 
this line stinks to me. Uh, meaning like the Raiders were a three point favorite during the week. Mm -hmm. And then it went down to two Mm -hmm. uh, on Sunday. And, you know, to me, that was one of those trap lines where it's like, they are begging you to take the Raiders. Right. I mean, listen, I know Brian Hoyer isn't, you know, he's probably a below 500 starting quarterback, but he's, he started games before uh, and you've still got skilled players. You know, it's not like Devontae Adams is hurt. Um, Ironically, he has the most 300 yard passing games for the bears. Brian Hoyer does. Yeah, right. Uh, one, right, or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's below five. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, it was just one of those things where it's like the sports books. I felt like were begging you to take the Raiders, and mm-hmm. and you know, we call that like a like a like a rat line, right? They, they'd want you to take the cheese with the Raiders. Um, and yeah, I mean, not only did the Bears win, but the won convincingly, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we're up the entire game. I I watched. Um, I watched like the first half uh, because then I had to go to the, we'll, we'll get to what I did in the afternoon, but um, yeah, they were, Raiders they missed were, a field goal. And then, but yeah, and then to, that, that would have taken a three Oh lead, but then yeah. Total domination, total domination. And like the, the Raiders, I'm not saying the Packers are for real. I might be wrong. The Packers, I thought they'd be better. I thought they are better than they actually are. Um, but look, they just beat the Packers last week. The Raiders did. So, like, this isn't a joke of a team. I know we're playing, the Bears are playing them with Brian Hoyer, which is different than, um, I think it was Jimmy G. Um, eh, maybe it was Aiden O'Connell, but they beat the Packers. Um, and, like, this team's not terrible. I know they're not good, but, like, they're not terrible, the Raiders. So, the Bears put it on them. This, this Tyson Bajan kid is solid like a division two player coming in to, to, to your first start in history and beating a team by that margin like he's he's talented he has he has some stones yeah so um one of the big takeaways from the that bears loss uh the week earlier was like just the play of the obviously the play of the o-line but specifically the center like uh white hair like had the yips like could not hike it mm-hmm. uh, was i saw a video where he's blocking his own guy um but so are we thinking just the offensive line got their got their act together or is is tight is there a kind of a QB controversy in Chicago where it's like actually like Bajan could be better I don't think there's a QB controversy comparing the athleticism of each of those two guys is not reasonable like Justin Fields is way more athletic but look like fast forwarding if the Bears have the number one pick and like they're taking Caleb Williams for sure in my opinion so like how much time do you give Fields to turn into the guy everyone thought he was going to be like, and to me, three seasons is enough. And certainly if you get offered Caleb Williams, you take it, but no, I, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy, but it does prove that like, maybe this is more on Justin Fields than we thought, right? Like yeah. it's not necessarily the O-line and the defense, all these other excuses we make for him. Like maybe it's more on fields than we initially thought the Raiders beat the Patriots last week. And then the Packers before that, like they're not, this isn't a this isn't that bad of a team. Again, different quarterback situations, but like the Bears put it on them. Yeah. Well, and also the defense. I think I think uh, the Bears defense had, had a Jermaine, lot to do with that. Jermaine um, Edmonds is an absolute beast. He was at, I was at the Blackhawks game tonight. He was there. He must be six foot five, like two sixty, and can run and can cover sideline to sideline. Like he's so good. He's such a good linebacker. And TJ Edwards, not to be confused with Tremaine Edmonds from the Eagles, who's now in the Bears, also has been playing super well this year. So, like, the defense is really not that bad. They've they've done well the last month. Yeah. 
Um, well, Bears are a nine-point underdog uh, on Monday night Chargers, uh, yeah. against the Chargers. So, yeah, uh, again, I think one. that just that whole line and result just I think was more so just about how bad the Raiders were versus um, the Bears figuring something out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, when we watched the first half, that's because uh, I, I headed out to the uh, to the Broncos-Packers uh, game, um, which was... Um, a fun game uh, in the second half, uh, first half, not so much. Uh, Packers scored zero points, but um, my main takeaways were just, uh, A, how many Packers fans uh, were in that building. Um, I'm not sure if it was audible um, on TV, um, and especially the section where I was sitting in, it just felt like it was like the Packers kind of side of the of the stadium. Um, but Packers fans definitely travel, and, um, you know, Jordan Love throws a pretty ball, but does not complete the like it's like when when it, when it leaves his hand you're like oh that that looks like you know it's it looks like a, looks you know great. very nicely yeah. thrown ball and then it goes you know five yards out of bounds you know and Christian Watson's like you know come on guy like throw you know can throw me a catchable pass um, and then you know and then another takeaway and this is obviously not breaking news but like there was several plays there where uh, Ross you know spun out of uh, pressure you know started curling off to the side. And had tons of room to run, but would not run. And I feel like Russell Wilson from five, six years ago would have would have ran for you know fifteen you know yards on those plays. Um, but he's just too nervous to run. I'm not sure if he's if he has lost a step or is scared to get hit. But uh, that was a noticeable thing where he just is not. He he can still be slightly evasive in the pocket, but he's not go- taking off those those runs. And I always remember him just having those back-breaking third-down conversions, mm-hmm. you know, when he would scramble for 12 yards and and, and get the third down. So, um, yeah, those were uh, my, that, my, my takeaways. Yeah, that team stinks. Broncos are horrendous. Um, to me, that's that's the worst team in the league, I think. Car- Car- Broncos won, though. I mean, the, when the Packers took the lead 17-16 with, like, a minute – uh, in change left, you probably thought to yourself, okay, like, yep, no way Broncos are coming back. Like, this is how the Broncos last two seasons have gone. They're going to lose this game, but then they went right down the field and, yeah. and kicked the game-winning field goal. So, um, but to your earlier point, I also was high on the Packers entering this year, and um, you know, they just don't, they, they just have not put it together. It seems like, um, yeah. So um, that is the the wrap up for NFL week seven. Uh, and then before we get into stake or swap, um, it is that time of the show for Luke learns uh, where we'll talk. A, we'll, we'll talk a little trivia. Um, so uh, earlier we were we were talking about the Eagles and a lot has been made about Jalen Hurts turnovers this season. Um, last year, he had eight total, uh, but through seven games this season, he already has 10 turnovers. Um, 10 turnovers is second most in the NFL right now. Who has the most turnovers right now in the NFL? Hmm. Josh Allen? Uh, that is uh, not correct. Uh, the player with the most turnovers is Desmond Ritter uh, with mm. 11. Yeah. A lot of uh, video of Arthur Smith just losing his mind on the sideline. Mm. Uh, two Sundays ago, I thought Arthur Smith, he was contemplating doing some very violent things um, when uh, Ritter could not. But, you know, I also saw people were like, hey, look, man, like, that's you as the play caller. Um, yeah. And, you know, 
bench him if if you're that if you're that frustrated. So, um, but yeah, um, NFC the, South. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. It, Arthur Smith is the FedEx founder's son. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, I I learned about that when he was the OC of the Titans before he became head coach of the Falcons, and um, when the Titans were you know, uh, beat the Patriots, you know, um, uh, to basically retire, you know, to kick Tom Brady out of new England. Um, yeah, I was, I was hearing stories about that and it's crazy. I mean, the man probably does not have to work a day in his life. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he's, he has grinded his way up the NFL chain, just, you know, grinding away in, in the in film yeah. room. So, um, yeah, cool, cool story. Um, um, but a couple more cool stories coming up, uh, in stake or swap. First up, we will be talking a little NBA action. Uh, the season tips off this week. Um, of course, I'm I'm in Denver, where the uh, the defending champions uh, opened up with a nice win against uh, against the Lakers. Um, but we'll be talking about another Western Conference team right now, the Sacramento Kings, currently fifty five to one at DraftKings. Uh, Luke, we'll start with you first. Are you staking or swapping the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, I am going to stake the Sacramento Kings. Uh, we like long shots around here. They are 55 to 1 at DraftKings to uh, win the NBA Finals. And they were, in my opinion, super close. Of course, they took the Warriors to seven games, super close to knocking off the Warriors last season in the playoffs. Um, and I just feel like they can get close again. Of course, um, Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee. He's not in the West anymore. Not that the Trailblazers were much of a threat, but uh, don't have to deal with him. You know, Kevin Herter can hoop. Darren Fox is super good. Uh, Sabonis is incredible. He's, you know, still super young. He's uh, he's 27, DeMontis Sabonis is, but, you know, he's got plenty of uh, tire left. Darren Fox is 25. So I just feel like this team, given the value, and as with all things on PropSwap, not necessarily saying the team's going to beat out the Suns or the Warriors in the NBA final, you know, the Western Conference Finals, but and they can make a run. Odds go down to ten to one. You sell it for five or six x what you paid preseason. Um, I am going to swap uh, the Kings. Um, last year the had like a historically good run of injury luck, like their starting five played like an yeah, incredible amount of games together. Um, and you just, it's just one of those things that I feel like it, there's, it could regress back to the mean. Um, and you know, I, I just don't, it just, I just don't see it being to get that lucky again. Um, with the injuries also, I don't think people are going to overlook them as much, um, like they did last year. And, you know, I think the Western conference is better this year than they were last year. Um, obviously, you know, full season with, uh, of KD on the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Lakers obviously made some great moves of the trade deadline last year. Um, and then um, I like, so there are a couple other teams in that same range in the West that I like. Um, the T, the Timberwolves at 55 to one. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards, um, he was, he played incredible uh, in the World Cup over the summer. Um, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, 
watch out for them because they are loaded with talent. Shakeels Alexander was like a first team All NBA. Uh, Chet Holmgren, which everyone kind of forgot about, uh, he's going to be making his debut. Um, and then they've got a kid named Josh Giddy. They've got this guy Jalen Williams. They are loaded, um, loaded with talent, and so they are Thunder seventy to one right now at FanDuel. Yeah, so I agree. Um, if I'm if I'm going to pick a kind of long shot uh, in the West, it's going to be Thunder, T Wolves, and then maybe even the Pelicans. But I mean, there's just a huge question mark on uh, on Zion there. But um, yeah. Um, but yeah, for those reasons, I think the just the injury thing could catch up to them. So I'm I'm swapping uh, the Kings. Um, next up, uh, we're gonna go back to baseball. Uh, it's time to uh, to make our predictions. Um, but with but without making a prediction, uh, we'll talk a little World Series MVP. Um, this is just like you know, just like in the NFL, this is a great way to in NBA to. Um, find value on the team you like uh, by picking, you know, one of their players. So uh, we'll be talking Corey Seager to win World Series MVP, currently five to one, which is the favorite, uh, mind you, um, but he's still five to one. Uh, I will go first. I am staking Corey Seager uh, to win World Series MVP. Um, As you can guess, I like the Rangers to win this series. Um, a position player has won it seven of the last eight years. Um, Seager himself won it in 2020 with the Dodgers. So a um, little history there with him stepping up in big moments. Um, and he's been stepping up this entire postseason. Uh, this in the playoffs, Seager is leading the team with a 483 on base percentage and a 330 batting average. Um, small sample size, but in two games versus the D-backs this year, Seager had a 400 on base percentage. Um, and then, you know, we talked about Dallas Garcia earlier in the podcast. Um, he was a machine in the ALCS, but, um, I just don't think he can keep that same momentum. Um, you know, the D backs did a really good job of, of, of not giving up a ton of home runs to, to the Phillies, at least mm-hmm. in the last, you know, five the games. Sh- the Schwarber, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, games three through seven, um, I thought that, you know, they did a, or yeah, I guess maybe there was a. Yeah, games three through seven, um, mm-hmm. they did a really nice job of of of, of not letting the Phillies go wild uh, on the home run. So um, I'm looking for a guy like Seager who can make more contact, run the bases, play great defense. Um, so um, and then again, like I said, Seager is the favorite at five to one. You compare that to like the NBA Finals, Jokic was like minus money before the mm-hmm. series to win MVP. Um, you know, in the NFL Super Bowl, it's always the quarterbacks that are like are one of the two quarterbacks is probably going to win it. So to get the favorite of five to one here, I think is uh, is pretty good value. So I am staking Corey Seager to win MVP. Yeah. So um, I'm looking at the odds list. Top for the D-backs is Kettle Marte. And I don't know if you pronounce it Kettle or Cattell, but he's, they're calling him like the clutch D-backs player. So I'm, I'll swap Seager at five to one and I'd be staking Marte, this will lead into my World Series pick. So um, he's, to me, it's his award to lose, of course, assuming the D-backs win. So, um, yeah, he's just the face of the franchise. Every time he's up to bat, it seems like the announcers and the whole team is, like, on the edge of their seats. Like, he's just so dialed in. He's he's the D-backs version of, of Garcia in terms of, like, totally just turning it up the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, look... Um... 
uh, but Marte was 39 to one to win NLCS MVP when they were down two zero. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but Garcia was also like in the twenties to win mm-hmm. AL- ALCS MVP. So, um, you know, there's definitely value to be found, uh, going deeper down the odds board and even during the series as well. Um, don't, don't even bet the world series. Just pick a couple MVPs. You get way more for your money. Yeah, no, totally. And look, um, and I just, also, I just think the way baseball play with, keeping these pitchers on, on short leashes. Uh, it's just, it's going to be a position position player. I yep. mean, these guys don't totally pitch more, these starters don't pitch more than six innings. Like if that, um, you know, Strasburg won it, but then like, and then before that, after, like I said, like more than eight years ago was uh Bumgarner who was an absolute machine, but they don't, they don't put pitchers out there like there. So um, definitely be looking at, at world series MVP position players. Um, but so, so your pick is, is the Dimebacks. Yes. All right. Well, so Luke's going with the Dimebacks. I'm going with the Rangers. Uh, maybe we'll put a, a friendly wager uh, offline on it. So um, there you have it. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.